Hey, good morning, Obi Community Church. Got my announcement shirt on, so you know what that means. I uh, just want to say welcome to church this morning. Uh, again, we're having digital church because of what's going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not going to be meeting together in the building. But remember that the church isn't the building, the church is the people. All right? Now, today for the announcements, you're going to hear a bird in the background. If someone can message me and let me know what that bird is, I would really appreciate it. Okay? A uh, couple things, though. We are going to have a digital connection card. Um, if you can put uh, your information in there, that'd be great. If you have a prayer request, if you have a need, you can put that there as well, and we'll take a look at those. We still are doing our uh, food and supplies drop-off at the church. There's a table right under the overhang as you pull up. You'll see it there. You can drop off some extra supplies. You know, if you have some extra toilet paper, canned goods, things like that, and then we'll distribute those things as needed. Uh, speaking of that, we can also accept some money for that. If you don't uh, have the opportunity to get out to the store or get, get up to the church, uh, in the Easy Tithe, there's a COVID-19 relief fund, and you can uh, donate there. Uh, you can also do your regular giving there. We still have the 552 tab up, I know that. Uh, some people have asked about sending a check to the church for their regular giving, and you can still do that, and we'll get that and get that deposited as quick as we can. Uh, throughout the week, you still need to be connecting with each other, okay? Make sure that you're checking in on the people in your small group or the people that you normally talk to at church, all right? Last week, our small group set up a Zoom meeting. We had, uh, I think there was four or five of us all connected. We even had somebody from Washington, D.C. call in, and uh, we chatted with them for a while, so it was really kind of cool, all right? So, I want you guys to have a great week. Keep safe, and remember... Oh, now the bird's not making the noise. There it is. All right, send me a message. Let me know what kind of bird that is, all right? Okay, we'll talk to you guys later.
everyone. It is so great to be with you today. I hope that you are off to a fantastic week this week. Uh, it is Sunday and we love uh, the opportunity for us to celebrate and to worship together. Um, you know, if, if you're just joining us for the first time online, my name is Dave and I'm the lead pastor here at Obi Community Church. Uh, and I'm thrilled that you have tuned in with us today. Now, the past couple of weeks have, have certainly been filled with a lot of uncertainty for most of us as we try to adapt to this changing society that we're all living in. You know, there's there's a lot of different things that are kind of going on that are a little bit overwhelming for us, right? You know, with all of the social distancing and, and those who, who are working and schooling for home and all of the, the challenges that brings uh, it certainly has a lot of people on edge, uh, you know, as you consider, you know, the just the, the health scare and just, just trying to figure out, you know, am I going to stay healthy? Well, what about my loved ones? Are they going to be healthy? Uh, and maybe you're thinking about the economy and the food shortages and, and all of those things. And, and I know you're, you're probably thinking, you know, I, I was hoping to hear some encouraging news and, and, and you're just kind of sharing more of the doom and gloom. Uh, well, I'll get to the encouraging part in just a few minutes. I, I really just wanted to kind of open up our time and acknowledge the fact that many of us are overwhelmed. We're just overwhelmed. And, and that's really what this series is, is all about. That, that's why we've called the series Overwhelmed. You know, it's uh, right now life in itself can just be overwhelming. And, and I get it. I, you know, there's periods where I struggle with it as, as well. And But here, here's the main, our main point for today. It's this. Rather than being overwhelmed with fear, let's be overwhelmed with faith. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Just, just kidding. We, we've got a lot more to talk about, but I really wanted to kind of put that out there right at the beginning. Rather than being overwhelmed with fear, let's be overwhelmed with faith. Now, before I kind of go on any further, I just want to acknowledge, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've asked Jesus to be the forgiver of your sin and, and the leader of your life, aren't you so grateful that God is with you and that he is for you and that he loves you? Aren't you so grateful that, that God has not been taken off guard by this, that God has not abandoned us? And listen, the best is yet to come if you're a follower of Jesus. In fact, aren't you excited about the possibilities uh, of more and more people giving their lives to Christ uh, as they're looking for hope in the midst of uncertainty? I, I know I know that's something I'm excited about, seeing how God is going to use this, because I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you that God is going to use this for his glory and for our good. Let me say that again. God is going to use this our crisis for his glory and for our good. That's just going to happen because God has allowed it. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, you know, what we talk about today will probably give you some, some pretty good motivation to become a follower of Jesus because a relationship with Jesus changes everything. See, what... What our communities need, what your friends and what your neighbors need, what your coworkers and your classmates and, and your family members desperately need is, is for Christ followers to live like they actually believe that God is in control and that Jesus is still Lord. Can I get an amen? 
I know I thought I could hear some amens uh, off in the distance, but listen, I'm fired up about this because I think, and I really believe that, that God is going to do some amazing things despite the tragedy and despite the crisis that we're facing. God is going to do some amazing things. And listen, our communities, our communities need us to show them the difference that a relationship with Jesus makes in someone's life. Well, there's a passage of scripture that, that really shows us that difference a relationship with God makes in someone's life. And this passage uses the analogy of a tree that, that represents the, the benefits of trusting in God rather than in relying on our own strength. Uh, it talks about the benefits of, of being overwhelmed with faith rather than being overwhelmed with fear. So go ahead and turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Now, these particular verses that I'm going to read today, they, you, if you're a part of our church, you've probably heard them before. In fact, these verses have had a heavy influence on our church. In fact, this is the passage where our tree logo comes from. And you, maybe you've seen that church logo, the, the tree, and, and perhaps you wonder, like, what's the deal with the tree? You know, where, where did the tree come from? Is there some kind of significance behind that? Well, let, let me tell you a little bit of the backstory behind that logo. Years and years ago, I, I wanted us to kind of come up with a logo that, that represented and, and stood uh, for our faith in God. And, and I didn't want to just have like a, a, a steeple or a cross or, or, you know, a church in the logo uh, per se. You know, I, I wanted to have something else that, that really represented hope and something that would resonate with our mission to make more and better followers of Jesus and so I, I, I kind of did what I do. Uh, I research things. You can ask my wife. I, you know, when I, I want to kind of take on a new project or learn something else, I'll, I'll research and I'll try to figure it out. And so I was looking at uh, different articles on coming up with church logos. I'm like, you know, how, how do you pick out a logo? You know, and what's that all about? So I, I did some research on that. And in some of the reading I was doing, that it said that, you know, that your logo should, it should represent uh, something about, um, you know, your mission in, in your environment, you know. And so I, I kind of, uh, you know, looked at, um, you know, what what is our context and what is the environment that we're called to reach? And I kind of checked out some other churches and what other churches were doing. And I remember some of the other churches I was looking at, you know, they, you know, they kind of described their environment in their logo. And I saw some, some church logos with lighthouses. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I can see the symbolism with a lighthouse, but we're nowhere near an ocean. So that doesn't really fit our context. Yeah, I saw some other logos uh, that had like these cityscapes and, you know, they had these tall buildings and stuff. I'm like, well, that... That makes sense for your context, but we don't really have any buildings near us. So I, I remember looking out the window. I'm like, well, what's our context? And I look out and I see trees. That's right, trees. I'm like, we got trees. We got lots and lots of trees. And so I, I started looking up verses in the Bible that talked about trees. And I came to Jeremiah 17 and it grabbed my attention. And from that moment on, there was no turning back. Jeremiah 17 Beginning of verse five says this, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. Now, let me just pause real quick. 
that's not the, the good part uh, of this passage. You know, so, so perhaps you're like, well, I don't get it with the tree logo. And he just talked about this bush. That doesn't sound that great. I'll get to that part. We, we got to set the context first. In, in this first section, you know, the first couple of verses kind of set the context. And it's, it's talking about somebody who, who relies on themselves or, or themselves instead of relying on God. And God says this. God says that they're cursed. That's not a good thing, right? They're cursed. They're incapable of lasting blessing. And the reason why they're cursed is, is because they're trying to live their lives apart from God's strength. They've turned away from the Lord is what the text says. They've turned away from the Lord and instead they're, they're doing their own thing. They're living lives uh, just desperate for meaning and hope and purpose only to discover these empty promises and these vain pursuits that, that really lack lasting joy. Now, here's the deal. And this is sad, but I believe that this describes most of the people that you and I come in contact with on a regular basis. Now, don't get me wrong. They're good people. They're great people. They're people that we love and care about. They're people that work hard. They do the best uh, they can. They have moments of happiness. But at the same time, they're relying on their own human efforts to bring lasting satisfaction. And sadly, they never find it apart from Christ. Can I just say, that ought to break our hearts. That ought to break our hearts. And especially when we look at our our current context. We we consider the, the current landscape of discouragement and hopelessness and fear that real people are experiencing during this real crisis. And let me, let me say, perhaps you're one of them. And if so, our heart breaks for you. And we want to help you. We want to do something about that. And, and, and it's like the rug has just been ripped out from underneath them. And they're, they're scrambling to hold themselves together and their families together. And they're just not knowing exactly where to turn for hope and peace. Church, church, I want you to listen to me. Church, this is where we come into play. This is where we come into play. We were made for this. We were made for this. This is where we should shine brightly as a beacon of hope like a lighthouse. Maybe we should do a lighthouse for a logo. Just kidding. We'll stick with a tree. But listen, we should shine brightly as a beacon of hope because our hope shouldn't depend upon our own efforts. It shouldn't depend on our circumstances and what's going on around us. Rather, we shouldn't be overwhelmed with our fear. We should be overwhelmed with faith. We've been positioned and outfitted by God to bring hope. We're to be dispensers of hope to the hopeless. Beck, listen to the contrast found here in verses 7 and 8. And I'm going to set it up again, beginning at verse 5. Verse 5, once again, says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will, will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They, they will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. And then check this out, verse seven. It says, but blessed. That's the opposite of cursed. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, 
whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Ah, don't you just love that passage? You know, would you underline the words, it does not fear? It does not fear. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, what do you really have to fear? What do we have to fear? We don't need to be overwhelmed with fear. Instead, we need to be overwhelmed with faith. And that's really what verse 7 is telling us. It says, the one who is blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Someone who trusts in something, whose confidence is in something. That's talking about someone who has deep, abiding faith. We're talking about having faith in God. And when that happens, when we have this, this confidence in, in, in God, when we have this faith in God, it says we become like a tree that extends its roots down in deep into something substantial rather than having these shallow roots that are superficial. And there's a big difference between roots that are, that are in something that's substantial versus roots that are on something that is superficial. You might want to write this in your notes. A tree that weathers the drought must be deeply rooted. Listen, a tree that weathers the drought must be deeply rooted. And then here's a follow-up phrase. A tree that is deeply rooted is deeply blessed. A tree that is deeply rooted is deeply blessed. And we want to be blessed. The question is, are we deeply rooted? See, this is who we want to become as a church and as, as individuals, and, and by the way, you probably know that the church is not the building. And, and we are definitely experiencing that right now, that the church is not the building. It's the people. In fact, the church is the people of God living out the mission of God. So we desire to be a people and a church that is blessed, not because of our, our own human efforts and all the things that we've done, but because we trust in our God. That's what we need to trust in. We want to be like this tree that is deeply rooted by the stream, a tree that always bears fruit. See, we're to be dispensers of hope to the hopeless. And we're to bear fruit, fruit that will last, fruit that will remain. Now, when I think about this kind of a tree, you know, I think about an oasis, I really do. I think about an oasis and we've talked about being an oasis for years. And, and in fact, for years and years, uh, you know, we ran a youth ministry called the Oasis. And it was a it was a gathering where we tried to bring teenagers from all over the place to give them something real, something that was authentic, a, a place of refuge, a place where they can they can really rest and relax and, and have an enjoyable time in Oasis. Now, to to really appreciate an oasis, you really need to think in the context of a desert. Now, there, there are parts of Israel that are barren desert places. And I was in Israel a few years ago. Maybe you heard that. But I just want to show you some, some pictures uh, and some videos from, from a couple places in, in Israel. Now, this, this first place is the Judean wilderness. And this is, this is like a desert. 
You know, you, you look at these, the, this place and, and what you see is this hot, dry desert. And even though you can, you can see this huge body of water in the distance, um, what you're seeing is, is the Dead Sea. In the Dead Sea, it's so salty that you can literally float on top of it. I've done it. Floating on top of the Dead Sea. And it's called the Dead Sea because there isn't any life in it. The Dead Sea is 10 times more salty than the ocean. That's pretty salty, by the way. It looks good from a distance, but listen, it will never quench your thirst. Now, I want you to contrast those images with a desert oasis. Check out these pictures. Check out these videos. This is a place in Israel called En Gedi. And by the way, it's probably one of my favorite places in all of Israel because of its natural beauty and what it symbolizes. Now, ironically, En Gedi, it's in the same general area as where those other pictures were from. In fact, you can see the Dead Sea from this location in, in Israel. Now, talk about an irresistible environment in the middle of the desert. Notice the, the leaves on the trees and how green they are. They're like what Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Now, once again, to appreciate an oasis you have to understand the context of a desert. Now, I think that a desert really describes our culture. And more than that, I think it describes the world in which we are currently living in. A desert, a dry, barren wasteland, a place where people apart from God, maybe they experience periods of happiness, but largely it's hopelessness and helplessness a place where people will try just about everything they can to try to quench and satisfy this, this innate desire that they have for meaning and purpose. And the problem is all of their pursuits, all of the things that we chase after as, as humans, all of those human pursuits fall short. It's like the difference between an oasis and a mirage. See, a, a mirage, a mirage looks like it will satisfy your thirst. It looks like a, 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 an awesome place. But like the Dead Sea, there's no life in it. You know, the, the pleasures of this world, they overpromise and they underdeliver. Things like drugs and alcohol and sex outside of marriage and power and pleasure and money and stuff and materialism and all of these other things, they are all counterfeit attempts to try to satisfy needs that only Jesus can fulfill. Yeah, they look irresistible, all of those things, but so does a mirage. And a mirage is, is like this. The closer you get to a mirage, the more you realize that it won't really satisfy you. It just leaves you empty and frustrated and hopeless. See, that's the desert-like culture that we live in. In fact, we're living right now in a season of spiritual drought. And listen, as a church, as a church, we need to be like an oasis. We need to be like an oasis that is made up of healthy, life-giving trees that have extended their roots by the stream of living water that never runs dry. 
That's what should describe our lives. We need to be these strong, healthy, vibrant trees that have these green leaves that always bear fruit, even when the heat comes, even when things are difficult, even when we're, fight, uh, or we're facing a pandemic, even when the, the world has been brought to its knees in this crisis known as the coronavirus. That's the heat, when the heat comes, when things are difficult. Now, I love what the text tells us. It says that this kind of a tree that extends its roots down deep in uh, the water by the, by the streams of water, it says it does not fear when the heat comes. Not if, but when the heat comes. Now, it's interesting. You look at this passage and it's contrasting these two types of people. And it uses the two, these two different types of vegetation. It, it talks about a bush uh, in verse 6, but then in verse 8, it talks about a tree. And he, he's trying to contrast these two different things. And he says, that, listen, both of them are going to face the same trials. They're going to face the same trials. They're going to face the same heat, but they're going to produce completely different results. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to face some of the same things that those uh, who aren't followers of Jesus you're going to face some of those same things. The coronavirus and, and the effects and, and all of the other things that, that we're struggling with right now, we're facing the same things that everybody else is. But the way that we handle it should be different. There ought to be something different about us. In fact, you, you could say it this way as, as we think about our faith. Faith is not the absence of heat. It's the absence of fear. You look at this text. Listen, faith trust or confidence in God. Faith is not the absence of heat. It's the absence of fear. It's not the absence of, of, of all of the things that the rest of the world is, is, is taking place in right now. It's that not the absence of famine. It's not the, the absence of, of difficulty or circumstances. Faith is the absence of fear in the middle of those circumstances. Even in the middle of the drought, faith stands tall. And we want to overcome our fear with faith. Rather than being overwhelmed with fear, let's be overwhelmed with faith. So how, how do we do it? You know, how do we become this strong, healthy, vibrant, life-giving tree? Now, we, we know that the stream where this living water is, is Jesus. But what about the roots? What about the roots? I love the roots in our logo. The roots are those things that, that kind of dig down deep, Way, believe, uh, way uh, beneath the surface. So what, in, in practical terms, what do these roots look like? Well, for the next few minutes, I just want to share with you three roots that as a church and as individuals, we want to extend deeply into the ground. Now, why do we want to do that? It's because, remember, once again, a tree that weathers the drought must be deeply rooted. And a tree that is deeply rooted is deeply blessed. So we want to have these deep roots. Root number one is this. We need to grow in your relationship with God. Grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's the thing. I know, I know that we talk about this all the time. I, I get it. But can I say this? I cannot overemphasize this enough. We need to spend time in God's word on a daily basis. It is absolutely vital for us to spend time in God's word. See, just like so many people right now are, are getting kind of desperate for physical food during this crisis like we've never experienced before, we need to be desperate for spiritual food 
that is found in God's word. We need to be desperate for it and hungering and thirsting after it. This is why we're doing the daily devotionals that we've been putting out on Facebook. They're, they're not meant to be your entire spiritual food for the day, but it is designed to kind of get you started. And listen, now more than any other time, now more than ever, you need to become a self-feeder. Someone who can feed yourself, someone who can dig down deep, who can extend your roots down in. See, we've kind of gotten used to uh, others feeding us. We've kind of gotten used to, you know, just coming to church and uh, we, we've gotten used to, you know, core classes and community groups and all of those things are awesome. I love those things. And we're going to continue to meet as many needs as we can digitally uh, during the season as we can. But you really need to become a self-feeder who extends your roots deep down into God's word as you dig up these life-sustaining nutrients that are found in God's word. You know, if you visit our website, the COVID-19 resources page that Brody's done an awesome job maintaining and updating, that can help you get started if you don't know where to get started. You'll find some resources that can be helpful for that, for digging down deeper into God's word. Now, another way that you can grow in your faith and in your relationship with God as you dig your roots down in deep is spending time in prayer throughout the day. Now, notice I said throughout the day. I'm not just talking about one time. Yeah, I prayed today. I prayed at, at lunch. I prayed at, you know, at breakfast. I'm talking about praying throughout the day. See, prayer is an absolutely essential element of being rooted in Christ. It just is. Now, I, I don't do this perfectly, but I really am trying to, to start my day off by praying. In fact, I, I'm trying to start out even while I'm still lying in bed, and I, and I try to pray for the first thing that comes to my mind. When I get up in the morning, just like you, you know, you, you begin thinking about things. Whatever that first thought is, why don't you pray about it? And for, for me, you know, sometimes that, that first thought is one of you. You know, maybe, maybe you shared something with me the night before, or we were talking about something earlier in the day, or I may just be, be thinking about a, a trial that you're going through. So sometimes the first thing I pray for in the morning is you. Sometimes it's it's me. It's, it's something I know that you know I've got to I've got to face that day, or maybe it's just something about the day, or maybe it's something I'm experiencing uh, in life, and, and I just know that I, I need to pray for that. I, I try to do that before my feet even hit the floor. So I'd encourage you to try that, uh, and and then continue on in, in prayer throughout the day. Take some moments uh, to spend some time in prayer and, and pray periodically throughout the day as things come up and as, as God, as God brings, things, uh, brings things to your mind. So root number one is to grow your relationship with God. Root number two is to stay connected with others. Stay connected with others. Now, I know that we need to practice social distancing. I get it. But we can still reach out and connect to people in other ways. In fact, we need to. You know, many of you, you have these things called phones. You can actually call on those. It's crazy. I mean, we have more phones now than, than ever. And yet we probably make less phone calls. You know, we're busy doing other things with our phones. But pick up the phone and actually call somebody. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody that, that you know that, who, who might be lonely. Maybe it's a shut-in or, or somebody that's single or a widow or a widower. Call them up. Talk to them. 
Find out how they're doing. Encourage them. Spend some time praying with them. Pull out the church directory and look through some names and, and just start making some phone calls. Connect with people. Listen, this is a very practical way you can, you can minister to other people and you can stay connected with others. Listen, during this season, we may have to get a little bit creative, but I believe it's still really, really important that we encourage one another and that we love one another. In fact, now more than, than ever, we need each other. So share your concerns and your prayer requests with each other. Maybe even do a devotional with somebody else. You know, I, I know many of you, you, you do your devotions uh, on, on the YouVersion Bible app, and that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, but here's, here's something that you can do to maybe uh, take that up a notch. When you start a new plan, when it says, how do you want to read this plan? You know, it has that little thing, you start this new plan. It says, how do you want to read this plan? Rather than selecting the by myself feature, instead choose the option that says with friends. And then invite some other people to do, to do that same devotional with you. And when you choose that option, you go at the same pace with your friends that you've selected and you can type in some of your thoughts or your insights and you can share with them uh, with, with other people that are going through that same plan uh, with you. So that's just a, a great way that you can uh, still maintain some connections with other people. The point is this, in, in order to be a strong tree with deep roots, you need to stay connected with others. Number three is this. Root number three is serve others. Serve others. And you can do this in a number of different ways. You can do it physically or, or digitally or financially or through encouragement or sharing uh, stuff with other people by, by donating food through prayer. There's a lot of different ways that you can serve others. And let, let me give you just a couple practical examples. You know, with the changes in the school system and students having to, to do their schooling from home, this really kind of, uh, you know, really affects a lot of, a lot of people that are, are working and now they have to stay at home uh, with their children. So try to identify some of those people and offer to, to do some babysitting for them so they can continue to work. There are, there are also those who need groceries to be picked up and groceries to be delivered. Um, that's a way that you can serve. You can also serve by, by uh, dropping off food here at the church. Uh, there's, there's tables out uh, by the covered walkway, the entranceway. Uh, and during the, during the daytime, just drop some of that food off and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of sort through it and then try to distribute it to people that are in need. You know, there's lots of ways that you can serve. You can serve by making a financial donation to our COVID-19 relief fund. Uh, you can find that on our website and uh, we'll use that to buy groceries uh, for other people that can't afford uh, to buy groceries right now. There's a lot of people that are really struggling with food issues. And you can certainly serve others by praying for them and by encouraging them. The point is this, the needs are vast and wide right now. So look for some meaningful ways where you can meet some of those needs. And listen, I bring this up under, under this category because you know what will happen? When you begin to meet other people's needs, not only do you minister to them, but also your faith will grow as well. Your faith will grow as well. And you begin to extend your roots in deeper as you, as you, uh, as you rely more on God's strength to do things that you can't do on your own. See, these, through, uh, these three roots are essential for growing your faith. Now, if, if you want to overwhelm your fear with faith, you need to dig your roots in deep. 
because what lies beneath the surface will determine how strong of a tree you will become. And a tree that weathers the drought must be deeply rooted. And a tree that is deeply rooted is deeply blessed. See, Jeremiah 17 really is a, a perfect description of what a difference it makes to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, if you're watching today and you don't have a relationship with Christ yet, now is the perfect time. Let me ask you, what's holding you back? What's keeping you from placing your trust in Jesus? You know, we really do want to help you with this. And if, if you'd like to begin a new relationship with Jesus, would you just send us a message and we will reply as soon as we're able to. We want to help get you started in, in a new relationship with Christ where you can begin to dig your roots in deep next to that stream of living water. We really want to help you with that. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've already made the decision to ask Jesus to be the forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life, you need to know that right now, and I don't need to remind you of this, but you know it, right now we're in a storm, right? We're in a storm, we're going through a valley, or we're in a season of drought, No, whatever metaphor you want to use. We're in this season of drought, and, and not to sound pessimistic, because I'm really optimistic about, about this, but listen to me. We're not in the middle of it. We're right at the very beginning of it. This is kind of the beginning of it. And listen, you need to know that, that our faith, that your faith is going to be tested. It is going to be tested. And listen, the world is watching how we handle this. Your friends and neighbors are watching. So what are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? How are, we, how are we going to dig our roots in deep next to that stream? We want to be like this tree. But in order for us to weather the storm, to weather the, the drought, then we need to do something about it. And so I pray that you'll take these roots and you'll take them seriously. Perhaps you'll take them more seriously than any other time that we've talked about these things in the, in the past. I know we've talked about some of these things, but sometimes they just kind of go over our head and say, yeah, sometime that might be helpful. Listen, now is the time. Now is the time where we need to apply these truths to our life and we will be better as a result of it because I seriously believe that God is going to do amazing things, amazing things throughout uh, the, the lives of the people that are being affected by this crisis. And it's gonna happen when Christ followers get serious about our faith and we dig in those roots and we take it seriously. I believe that God is gonna use this for his glory and for our good. So now is the time for us to dive those uh, or drive those roots down in, and to overcome our fear with faith. So rather than being overwhelmed with fear, let's be overwhelmed with faith. Can I pray for you? God, we thank you so much that, that we have complete confidence in you, that, that you are good, that you are uh, in control of these things. God, I know that you're gonna use this for your glory and for our good. So God, I pray for my friends. I pray for us that we would, we would take uh, your word seriously, that we would look at ways that we can dive in uh, deeper into your word, that we'd spend more time in prayer, that we would, we would serve those around us, that we would be an encouragement to others, that we'd look for, for meaningful opportunities to serve. God, I thank you so much for the life that you've given us because we can be deeply rooted in you. I pray, God, that you'd help us, that we, we'd be able to point other people to that same faith and that same hope. We thank you so much. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey church, Brody here. It was super cool to be able to uh, just spend this time this morning uh, through our computer screens and our phones, uh, but still nonetheless together. Uh, I pray that you were encouraged and challenged by this morning's message. We would also encourage you, if you are still watching this video, still with us this morning, uh, to utilize the comment section and encourage and connect with each other and pray for each other. Uh, use it kind of like we would the cafe when we're here together on a Sunday morning. Uh, just reconnect in this space that we have available to us. I know we're all looking forward to the day that we can connect in person again, but until then we are super thankful for the technology that has enabled us to connect in this way. Uh, if you're looking for some more resources, uh, including some ways to maybe video chat with some people or do some Bible uh, plans together like Pastor Dave had mentioned, uh, under the resources tab on our website, uh, you can see a whole list of those if you scroll all the way to the bottom. We would encourage you to just uh, try some of those things out. Um, we don't have any live music together again this morning, uh, but we did put together a playlist for you guys to listen and worship in your homes together as a family or by yourself. I know that I'll be turning it way up uh, later today and uh, singing along. So, and if you want to uh, accept this challenge, you know, take a selfie of you yourself singing along or your family worshiping. Uh, and just post it in the comments here to let other people know that, hey, we are not worshiping alone. Nothing we are doing, uh, we are doing alone. And uh, the church is still connected in this time. So until we get to uh, see each other again in person, I guess we will see you again online. Until next time.